The following program is rated M. Triple M. 104.9. Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. FX Pro Super Rugby. Support your team. Get to the game. It's rugby supercharged. Hello, good morning and welcome to the show. Uh, yet another Sunday full of rugby and other sport here. We like to spread our wings a little. As we are, Tim Horan is with us, Matt Burke, uh, Tony Squires. Timmy, good morning. Morning, boys. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good to be uh, part of it. So the Reds, looks like they... Uh might just miss out in this top six. So, boys, what do you think? Oh, that was hard for you to say to me, wasn't it? <laughs> that was like Fonzie saying, sorry. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. Yes, there is a chance. We'll look at those chances as the hour progresses. Can the Reds get there? Because they did their part. They had to win. But it's going to be very tight towards the end, isn't it? It's only a week to go before we know that. Before we get there, though, gentlemen, I was just, I don't know, I'm thinking of the highlights of the week in sport. And for me, it was a French... Uh, runner, uh, the 3,000 metre steeplechase, mm. the European Championships. Don't know if anybody see, have seen any footage of it, but it was a terrific performance. He uh, he wins the race. This is the bizarre thing. He wins the race. Yet he's so cranky, having won the race, that there's a uh, well, a mascot. It's sort of a sponsor's mascot, I mm. think it is. A little smiley face walks up towards him, carrying some kind of pamphlet. First of all, he knocks the pamphlet out of the <laughs> mascot's hand, then pushes the pamphlet, the mascot, right in its little smiley face. Turns out the uh, the mascot inside the the foam rubber suit is a fourteen year old girl. Because uh, <laughs> all, ma- all all mascots can't talk, yeah, can they? No, 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 she couldn't say anything. She couldn't say anything. Excuse me, I'm, I'm a fourteen year old girl, but I don't know what she did say to offend him. Whatever the mascot did, he just wanted a water. <laughs> like he, he's just done three k's. He just wanted a water. He didn't want a t shirt. Hadn't he had prize as well? He's done it once before in another um, world champ meet. This is an Olympian, though. I mean, this is a man who is now the 3,000-metre steeplechase uh, European champion. I wonder if he wins uh, mm-hmm. in the Olympics and, mm-hmm. they, and they go to present him the gold medal. He's going to knock that away as well. Yeah, I don't want that. I just, <laughs> I just want a water. <laughs> what is the Millie? What is the the London Games' as mascot? I, can't, I don't know what it is. It's a pretty stupid-looking thing. Yeah. Uh, it's got the one eye, hasn't it? It's got the one eye. It'll have no <laughs> eyes after he's finished with it <laughs> when he gets there. A terrific moment in sport. There's so much to talk about here on The Ruck, including a bit of rugby. This is, of course, for your local club. This is The Ruck. If you had a three-day growth, Berkey, would you have a beard or not? Is there you that kind of fast-growing? See, my, man? I, I I fall in the category of the, of the three-day growth would take me three weeks. So oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not overly hirsute. What about you, Timmy? Oh, I've tried the Movember. Um, you know, in November when oh, the uh, yes. everyone's allowed to uh, you know officially look, grow look like a mustache. Or try to, yeah. When right. do you start? <laughs> July. Well, I, I start with a bit of. You just dip your hand in sort of the you know the, the yard and sort of a bit of mud sort of across the top at the start just to just to look like you got something. So, listeners, what you have here are three men who cannot grow facial hair. Yeah. Terrific. I think we should all try for Movember this year, guys. I'll, I'll give it a crack. Oh, I'll absolutely nothing. give it a crack. This is the rugby. Maybe we start now. Maybe we start now. I'll start now. <laughs> it's your Sunday rugby show. See, Andrew Denton, I used to work with. If we'd have said that and said start now, by the end of the show, he'd have a moustache. <laughs> he was that hairy. Uh, this is the rugby. It's your Sunday rugby show, ladies and gentlemen, for your local club. Some scores for you. I neglected uh, at the opening to give you some rugby scores. The Crusaders 28 beat the Chiefs 21. Uh, the Reds 19 over the Highlanders 13. The Sharks 32 beat the Bulls 10. The Blues 32 over the Force 9. Uh, Brumbies 
19, beat the Waratahs 15. We're going to get to that now in a little bit of detail for you. Stormers 13, beat the Cheetahs 6, and the Lions 37 over the Rebels 32. And indeed, the Brumbies and the Waratahs last night at ANZ Stadium. Uh, a chance, I guess, for the Waratahs to hurt the uh, their opponents rather than doing anything for themselves in a positive. It's that lovely negative way to finish a mm-hmm. season, isn't it? They didn't do it properly last night, though, but this is what, uh, from the Brumbies, Ben Moen had to say. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the victory we were after, but you've got to give credit to the Tars. They are quality side, and you just got to look at the guys that are in form there, Barnsley, um, Benny, Benny Robinson and Tatafi. Like, there's quality across their pack. Um, so coming up here and winning, that's something that Brumbies haven't done since 2002, and uh, we never won at this stadium. So, look, I'm really proud of the guys because we keep breaking these hoodoos, uh, keep taking a step forward. He talks about quality across the pack there in the, in the Waratah side. Uh, they did, they once again, though, got themselves into a position where they could, perhaps should have won, and let it slide. They, they did indeed. And then, you know, you look earlier, the Tatafa plot an hour try, who was, you know, they were pressing the line, and it was great to see them take the scrum on a couple of occasions, Ed, rather than going for goal. They end up scoring the try. And then, Unforgivingly, Berwick misses the goal just on the right hand side of the post. There, he didn't miss one. You know, all, all three games or thereabouts for uh, for the, the Wallabies in, in a couple of weeks prior. So, I don't know. It just and then at the end of the game, they were just sort of searching for something, and they had to try and you know go ninety meters to score the um, to, to, to get a score, uh, get the try to make it to twenty nineteen. But look, in the end, they, they were they were their own worst enemies again. They played the more of the football, but again, the Brumbies, they find a way to win, and that's what good teams do. Yeah, Timmy, that's key for them, isn't it, the Brumbies? They now look like they're going to get that spot in the finals. Well, they do, and I think a lot of people would have looked at the Brumbies at the start of the year when they, after three or I think it was four games, they had one bye in there already. They won three games and they had the bye, and they were sort of sitting up. Everyone thought, oh, well, they're going to fall over at some stage. They will stumble, but they sit on 58 points now. So the Chiefs, 63, the Stormers, 58, and the Brumbies, 58. There's your top three, and there's no one else ahead of the Brumbies. Um, they officially are third, so obviously top of the conference anyway. But yep. um, it's been a really good performance from the Brumbies, and Jake White, the new coach from um, South Africa, has come in, and, and you know with Ben Moen as captain, they've got a really good group together. And uh, he lost players, like everyone else has lost um, players for injury, but this just keeps just to find someone else to fill in. The rumours around David Pocock uh, continue and linking him, for example, with the Brumbies. Now, he's the key, isn't he? Uh, he's there, there at the Western Force who just struggling, struggling, struggling. Mm. Would be shocking f- for them to lose him. Have you heard anything? Is he likely to go uh, move to the Brumbies? Timmy, you got um, inside Goss there? I, I, don't, I, I don't know at this stage, but um, it'll be a big call to lose David Pocock from the Western Force because if you lose David Pocock, and obviously mm-hmm. Nathan Sharp is retiring, yep. uh, there's your backbone um, for the Western Force. And I, I actually believe the Western Force, and I know they've tried to talk to the Australian Review you know, the last four or five weeks about there needs to be, I think, a relaxation in the international player rules for the Western Force to make sure that they can have maybe not two, but I think probably four or five internationals over the next four or five years and be reduced like the the Melbourne Rebels have. You know they're allowed ten internationals going to eight, going to six over a period of time to allow the the Western Force. It's so far away and really hard to retain your players. I mean Drew Mitchell left there, Matt Giddo left, so and they all stayed for three or four years, but then away they went. So who makes the rules to me? Is it the Australian Rugby Union or is it go to IRB top number? Oh, I think it's the Australian Rugby Union. I think it's um, that's, IRB will have nothing to do with it because it's, it's Sansar. So it'll be Sansar and the Australian Rugby Union. We'll have to have a relaxation of the rules to allow the Western Force to attract a few more players. Otherwise, that fifth franchise in Australian rugby will always struggle. Well, what you want to do is you're aiming to win a title, aren't you? And, and they are they are no shot. Even though they've got some good players in that forward pack, as you said, Timmy, uh, with, with Sharpie going, 
the back line is is there or thereabouts that they they turn up week in week out they do a, 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 a they have a go basically but they're never going to set anything on fire. No, I think David Pocock he has mentioned he he wants to um, play with a team a franchise in Australia that has the potential for him to win a Super Rugby title and I don't think he's going to do that with the Western Force. Um, so he's not moving Rum- to the Waratahs then either. No, <laughs> <laughs> well well the Waratahs there's probably no room for him because Michael Hooper has obviously left the Brumbies mm. so that's where the space is for the Brumbies is there is a space at seven Michael Hooper leaving to the Waratahs um, there's probably no position for him at the Queensland Reds you've got Liam Gill and Bo Robinson are here for the next couple of years so um, if he is to move Brumbies is the only option but my mail is he, he may stay at the force as well so um, but it'd be a big call he'll wait until the end of this season he's got to wait to see who the next coach is for the Western Force as well you can't mm. make a decision before you know who the next coach is for the Western Force well it wouldn't be great if it was Eddie Jones because next you're going to hear what Eddie is getting up to in Japan uh, coaching and just dealing with the media and the players as only Eddie can that's next this is The Rock all for your local club. And if your local club is Suntory in Japan, gee, it would be an interesting time at the moment, wouldn't it? And your coach is Eddie Jones. I don't know if any of you have seen Eddie at work, and uh, I'm trying to get some answers from you two gentlemen because I understand that you would have had some close uh, involvement with Eddie Jones. Mm. Of course, was a Wallaby coach. But as Suntory coach, uh, he was involved in what I, I assume I didn't see the game. Must have been a, a bit of a, a sad loss. So he's faced the media after the game. Now, look, you must listen. Pull your radios very close to you. Uh, listen very closely to Eddie as he discusses with the media. And I think it's his captain who is sitting next to him. The great thing is it's being translated as he goes. Uh, and the captain who is next to him again has a go at talking and with a little bit of a laugh. Eddie's not happy about anything that's gone on. It's not funny. It's not funny. That's, that's the problem with Japanese rugby. Eddie, so I think he might have been actually yeah, been the, the national, the, the team, national yeah, right. team's performance because he is coach of Suntory. He's the yeah, head, head, yeah, of, that's right. head of rugby over there. But, but I, think I, I was hoping he'd throw a few little sort of um, Australian expletives in there and see how the, the interpreter would yeah, go there. Exactly, the interpreter was uh, trying hard to keep up as it was. I think right. the, the interpreter was a problem because Eddie had a chance to stop. Pause. And get pause, and yeah. the, the interpretation would happen, and think of something else ugly to say. Do you know what his best work though is when he just continues? He really? just, he just, there's a barrage of, of abuse. It's, it's like a, it's mental disintegration. It's out of the books of Steve War. Just yeah. smash people. Have you seen it in uh, at first hand? I've seen it first hand. Fortunately, I haven't, I haven't copped it first hand. He's, mm. he's got Wendell at one stage there, and he Wendell through Taylor his, through his time, absolutely. who has a fair bit of confidence in his own abilities. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and usually walk out with the, you know, your knuckles dragging on the ground. Like yeah. it's just, you just get bashed further and further down. He got Ben Darwin one day in a team run. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basically, the five plays into the day, and, and at the last play, Ben just stopped and took a knee. And he said, uh, he basically, Eddie yelled out and said, mate, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm simulating fatigue as in a game. <laughs> and he's gone, fatigue, Beep, fatigue, just get going. And then just proceeded for the next five minutes to blow up at him. It was very funny. Timmy, what about you? Yeah, well, I had never played uh, under um, Eddie Jones, but I was actually selected with him for a couple of years, a Wallaby selector, uh, myself and, and uh, another selector, Brett Robinson, at the time. And I remember we our first selection meeting over a um, phone call was 
um, about the touring squad that was um, over in the UK, and they were playing their first test match. So um, he's called me about sort of two o'clock in the morning, and I've sort of had to sort of you know <clears throat> talk through the the Ford pack, and we went through the tight head prop, and then it came to the hooker, and I said, well, Brennan Cannon's been the incumbent hooker; he's been throwing well; he should be should be hooker. Brett Robinson, the other selector, said, I agree with you, Tim. You know, Brennan Cannon, you know, great hooker, and Jeremy Paul should stay on the bench. And all you hear Eddie is going, okay, well, Jeremy Paul is hooker, <laughs> and move on to the next one. Like, he was two to one out, outvoted, and <laughs> he said he gets his own way, Eddie. And uh, he coached the Reds for one year, and obviously was Wallaby coach for a few years as well. So, based himself in uh, in Suntory there in uh, in Tokyo now. Yeah, I tell you, he looked intimidating. Just the, <laughs> the look on his face, I'd be running scared if I had to be in here. This is the rock. Let you get you, let's get you some scores from other codes. The NRL Canberra. Big upset over Melbourne, 40-12 to 12 in the NRL, and, and Warriors, 32. Uh, the Gold Coast, 14. The AFL, St Kilda, upset Essendon, 126-52. to 52. Adelaide in showdown, what, 4,000, whatever it is. Adelaide beat Port, 116-58. to 58. And the Swannies over Brisbane, uh, redemption for the state of origin, 110-63. to 63. Wimbledon, all right, this is where all the interest is in this evening. Should be a great final. But uh, last night, night, Serena Williams won her fifth title, her fifth Wimbledon title, amazing, beat uh, Agnieszka Radvanska, 6-1-5-7-6-2. Now, Agnieszka Radvanska, who's a Polish girl, who uh, the day before the final was said she was having trouble breathing. Mm. I can't believe she actually took a set off her, with, given <laughs> the breathing is quite key to tennis, I would have thought. Well, Serena got the doubles as well. Ah, uh, her and Venus. Yes, just won the doubles as well. So they've got the, she's got the, s- the singles and the doubles at Wimbledon. Wow, that's it's an amazing performance from her, given her injury as well. She, that's a, a major comeback. She got rolled in the first round at the French, mm. and she's come through now and has won Wimbledon and the doubles title. Yeah, I'm not sure if anyone heard the interview before. I'm not sure who she was playing, but it might have been the earlier rounds, mm-hmm. and someone it might have been the, in the French Open, and a lady was telling the story about how she'd lost her partner, yep. you know, at the press conference, etc. And they came to Serena and said, so, Serena, what do you think about the story from the, the person you're about to come up and play? And she said, well, we all have stories. And just moved on. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Graceful. Uh, tonight, of course, this is, this is huge. Roger Federer, it's uh, his seventh Wimbledon title, should he get it. But he's playing Andy Murray. Now, if any of you are worried about pressure in your job, pressure in life, family pressure, just think, stop and think for a moment. I could be Andy Murray. Here he is, 76 years since a Brit has won. Well, they, well, they call Wimbledon. him a Brit when he's winning, but when he's losing, they call him a Scot. <clears throat> yes, it's much more specific <laughs> then, isn't it? He's Scottish, isn't he, though? He is Scottish, he is Scottish but, yeah. but we're going to say Great Britain in, in, encompasses Scotland, isn't it? Right. I didn't right. say England. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he's British. Yeah. Uh, and, and certainly he's got the chance to break that 76-year drought. Now, the pressure doesn't just come from all of, uh, of Britain. Have you looked at his mother? Courtside, she puts a lot of intense pressure on him. Just the, have you seen her face? Has she got the? Has she got the outfit like your blue outfit at Origin? She got the Union Jack and the rest of it. Yeah, just win or die. I think it says. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't come home. Yeah, don't come home. He of course uh, plays Roger Federer after beating Joe Wilfred Songer in the semi final. Uh, the, the problem that he has, boys, I think, is that he's playing. Roger Federer, who none of the, no, the although mm. the crowd is wanting Andy Murray to you know break this drought. You can't hate Roger Federer. He's Mr. Nice Guy too. Yeah. And he's going for number one as well yeah, it's after being Djokovic. Not as if he's playing Bernard Tomic. I mean, it's, <laughs> he's not easy to hate. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah, so Roger oh, Federer... too good. Yeah, he will be number one should he... will go past Djokovic should he win. So that would be the... Uh, that's Wimbledon. The Tour de, Fra- de France, Bradley Wiggins has taken the lead. Uh, Cancellara has had it uh, from the beginning. Mm. Now doesn't. Cadell Evans has moved into second, which is great. And of course, we had the first mountain stage. Uh, Wiggins' Sky teammate uh, Christopher Froome won that stage. 
Uh, how, how good's the finish, Tony? Can I jump yes, in there on the finish? It was a, it was nearly a twenty degree uh, incline or grading yeah. uh, going up there. So it's can you power home? You can't really. The, no. the, the, it's not the, the, sprint the, the crank is just like going one. <laughs> Two, three, <laughs> right. was was the because I didn't see it. Was the bloke in the red devil's outfit? Was he? I we didn't spotted see him. him yet. Didn't see him. No. Well, he, he's usually up in in the climbs. He can he can usually beat the bike, so yeah. he can stay in front. Well, <laughs> well, Wiggins has now got a ten second lead over Cadell Evans, and uh, Wiggins is the favourite to win the thing. But Cadell can he go back to back in a good spot? And of course, in the cricket, the Aussies once more have gone down again to England in the one day international. They lost by eight wickets, chasing mm, yeah. down just two hundred. Lost their three, first three, haven't they? Yeah, in a five-game series, I think one game has been rained out, so they've got one more chance at uh, getting on the board there. One of the boys. Also, Tony, I saw... He? he was on sorry, a hat-trick. Sorry, Berkey. He was on yeah, a hat-trick, Yeah, he was, yeah. Mm. At the start. Mm. Yes, so Timmy, also, what did you see? Well, I was just going to say, there was some... Uh, with the Olympics coming up, there's yep. a couple of athletes that are competing over in Madrid. So, Mitchell Watt, our long jumper, who was um, pretty close to being favourite for gold in uh, in London, he uh, he won over there overnight. Also, John Stefferson. A 400-metre runner came second uh, in, in the 400. So right. those guys are uh, getting some form very close to the start of the Olympics. Yeah, and of course the favourite Sally Pearson had another great win in another terrific time in the hurdle. So she is looking very good for London. There you go. There is your sporting wrap right here on The Ruck. We're going to speak to Dom Shipperley from The Reds. This is The Ruck. It's all about the rugby union community. Your local club is all about your local community. Visit your club today. Before we get to Dom Shipperley in the program, the, we were talking about the state of origin and what an amazing team the Maroons is. Look, I was just wondering, and I, uh, Timmy, I know that you're a man who likes to think just outside the square. If you were to pick a, uh, a Wallaby side uh, going forward, we often see that the you know transfer going from one code to the other, and mm. it's, it's, it works successfully sometimes. Obviously, Sonny Bill Williams not, may now go back to rugby league, then go back to rugby union. Who out of those sides in the, on display in Origin fits well into a gold jersey. Now, obviously, some of the ones who in the, in the past have been big, you know, outside backs, I guess, it's because big names. the yeah. tran- transition from outside back probably isn't technically as difficult as in the forwards. That would be the case, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, you look at then you look at Brad Thorne, what Brad Thorne has yeah, done true. over the last three or four years to the All Blacks, to back to the State of Origin, the Broncos, and then he's still playing overseas, about 36 years old. Um, you'd look at guys like, I mean, English and Slater and, and Cooper Cronk, those, I mean, they'd slot in really easily. Into a, into a Wallabies team, but even from the New South Wales point of view, someone like a like a back rower like a Ben Cray, and yep. uh, the way he plays, he would be you know probably a number six or a or, or a number eight in a, in a Wallabies team. So, but then vice versa. I mean, Berkey, there'd be a couple of Wallaby players. Would you think be able to play State of Origin? I mean, Quade Cooper certainly. Yeah, Quade Cooper. You throw that out there. I reckon someone like Cliffy Parlow would be uh, would be yeah. pretty solid. Just uh, yeah, muscling up there. Adam Ashley Cooper. I reckon would be great just to sort yep. of on the on the on the width or at, at fullback. We know sort of Berwick had a stint at, at Broncos as well, so he's had that sort of a uh, a bit of a um, a background. David Pocock, hooker. Oh, David Pocock. Oh yeah, yeah. Just got to work on his Has he got the passing game. game? Yeah. Oh, he, he goes all right on the on the uh, on the pass. You see him yeah. slot in there at sort of the back of the ruck yeah. every now and then. Just imagine him muscling it up, just out of dummy half. Oh, but he yeah. could also be a, a second rower in, in rugby league. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it wouldn't true. be a big. It wouldn't be a big second rower. But when kind of a pocket dynamo, he'd go hard. He's one of the guys that just goes hard. Doesn't okay, we're yeah. just out of the rumor. It's the rebels. It's the brummies, and now rugby league's chasing him as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tony, you, you were there on on Wednesday night. Yep. You know what annoys me? I'm very patriotic. I, I love being an Australian. Mm-hmm. But when there's a Queensland New South Wales game yes. and they sing the national anthem, yeah, that annoys you. Well, I, I don't know whether it should be sung. It's an interesting because it was Darren Percival, of course, from The Voice. Oh, he was sent. Yeah. I tell you what, it was it was 
And I've been to a lot of test matches as a commentator, as a player. It was one of the most passionate national anthems that I've heard. But there was no music. It he, was. He he just... did, exactly. And the, but the crowd got right into oh, it. I mean, it I was didn't hear him at all. And I was bellowing it. So I don't know if it is wrong. I, I know exactly what you're saying because it should perhaps it should be reserved for international matches mm. uh, rather but, than... But that is the biggest game for rugby league, isn't yeah, it? It is. State of Origin, it so. absolutely is. It's and a the... test match for you know rugby league, you, you might struggle to get 15,000, 20,000 people to a test match. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was a... That was a great moment when that uh, that anthem was sung, as, as always is. But I, I do take your point that uh, you know perhaps it should be reserved for international matches. Darren Percival, did you, you're one of those guys. If you watch The Voice, when he was so happy when he was singing, and if he sang well, he'd kind of punch his chest. And, and after <laughs> yeah. he'd sung the anthem, he's got this fist pumping like he, like he played the football yeah, game. But there was no, but there was no background music. Nah. He just belted it out. Yep. And fifty two and a half thousand people at Suncorp Stadium. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was good. Did the, is that the best pound for pound? The best football stadium in the world to watch a game mm. of footy I can't think of anything better it's amazing I, I think place. for the players as well too you know we, we Berkey, both you and I have played at the MCG you know in front of I think 94,000 mm. people and it felt like there was only 30,000 people there but the, the sideline was about 60 metres away from where the, uh, the crowd were in some stages it makes it tough doesn't it what about somewhere like Cardiff Arms Park have you played there yeah Cardiff is good um, a lot of those a lot of the stadiums in South Africa where they just it's literally vertical on the side you know, it's yeah. It, it, Kings Park has got a 45,000 yeah. sort of seat stadium on, on one side of it. So you just keep looking up and think, oh, they're not here to support me, unfortunately, <laughs> as well. Um, that's great. You know, Johannesburg's fantastic up there at Ellis Park. I mean, the just, old Lans- Lansdowne Road in Dublin, you know, 50,000 people. With, they had two hills at either end. What about Wembley? Too, yeah. Have either of you played Wembley? No. not have you, but you would have played Wembley. Timmy, haven't you? No, I haven't played Wembley. I've got, I've got a, I think we mentioned it uh, many months ago. I've got a little piece of the old Wembley when it was knocked down. Of course you have. How much did you get that on eBay? Jump, jump the fence and <laughs> collected a piece of rock. <laughs> you really? You got some of the Berlin Wall while you're in Europe? Yeah. You? You I've got, got a piece of the Berlin Wall. Have you? Yes. Have you? Really? From our Australian schoolboys tour, one of our billets gave us a piece of the wall. I don't know where it's going now. What, so he just right. had them lying around his house? He, just, he, he, he went and chipped a couple and gave us one. What, why, if you're a, somebody who's billeting people, you think, oh, yeah, I know what, I've got a bit of the Berlin. Why don't you, I'll never I meet you he, again. I, I think, I've, I've known you for yes. 45 minutes. You're staying one night in my house. I'm feeding you. Why don't you take some of the Berlin wall home with you? Could've, He's could've given been, you a rock from his backyard. It could have been the back of his, yeah. He, <laughs> the toilet out the back. <laughs> We're just remodelling. Have this. Uh, the naive Australian. Uh, this is the Ruck, your Sunday <laughs> show. This is the Ruck. I'm not sure what Don Shipley's local club is, and he can tell us right here, right now, because the uh, the Queensland Reds winger joins us. He was, of course, with the man that you may not remember or you've tried to forget, if you're the Waratahs, the last-second try that crueled the Waratahs earlier in the season. Dom Shipley, thanks so much for being part of the ruck. Good morning. No problem. Hi, guys. How are you going? Very well. You haven't forgotten that moment, have you? No, I don't think I will forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Dom, Tim, Tim here, mate. Uh, with the Reds at the moment, where, where you're sitting on the table, you're 53 points, so you're sitting, uh, you know, seventh just below the Sharks there. You obviously can't change too much, but it's a massive opportunity against the Waratahs on Saturday night, isn't it, at Suncorp Stadium? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think obviously, the main thing first is to get the four points for the win. But... Um, Obviously, at the moment, we need to we need to get as many points as we can. So we're going to go out and obviously secure the win first. That's our first priority. But if we can pick up the bonus point, that's going to help our cause a great deal. I think over the, the next couple of weeks. Yeah. What was the feeling like on Friday night against the Highlanders at Suncorp Stadium with the, with about two or three minutes to go? They had um, the ball and they weren't going to give it back to you. And that right on the try line, the, the, your defence just held on towards the end. Yeah, we, we we went to the game knowing the Highlanders were going to be a tough side. And they're, they're pretty quality. Um, 
and just those, those last few minutes, I guess that's um, that's where you you know if you're a good team or not. And um, the ability of us to hold them out there when they were battering our line was um, pretty impressive, I thought. Don Berkey here. It, we just mentioned the first game of the season and and the, the victory that you guys have had. You've, you've kept on the roll from there as well. What was the sledging like before that game? And is it going to be up the ante for uh, obviously we've just come off Origin week as well? Or are you guys going to play Silent Assassins for this next week? Um, I guess I guess it's it's never really silent when it's um, Queensland versus New South Wales. So I think. As, as, even if you try to keep a lid on it, you never can. So I guess it will probably probably start to build as the week progresses. Yes, I think uh, if you remember last time, Will Genia, uh, I, I, I we had the launch and, and Eelsie was there and I said they were going to win this, that and the other, blah, blah, because I come from New South Wales. And then Will, <laughs> Will Genia has come back with, at least we were one-hit wonders, the no-hit wonders. And I went, yeah, great, because uh, you got that one, one-nil. So we'll have to try and go for another one. <laughs> of course, Dom, for the you, the Waratahs, their season is over and has been for some time. But for them, I guess they have that chance to try to cruel you in, in some way. So their motivation is there. It will make it a tough game for you. Yeah, definitely. I think if we were on the other side of the fence as well, we'd be doing exactly the same thing. So you can't you can't really complain about that. So I think that'll make for a pretty exciting game on uh, Saturday night. Uh, Don, what, was there any time through the season you look back now with the Queensland Reds and go, if we just picked up a few more points here? I mean, the, the Western Force game, when you came back from two games in South Africa and the Western Force played their best game of the year, I think they scored five tries against you and, and belted you over there in Perth. Yeah, definitely. I was just saying to my um, my family last night, we um, we went away and we lost to the Sharks, a game we probably should have won. And then from that, we lost to the Bulls and then the Force by a lot and just didn't pick up any bonus points in those two games. And that, I think that's really come back to hurt us later on in the season. But I, I guess that's in the past now. And we worked out of that tough time and we've really progressed in the last five weeks. All right, mate. Look, as happened last year with the Reds when you went through and won, even and I remember watching the final as a Waratah supporter. They were in a pub in Sydney that all of the pub was behind mm. you, and we get this game out of the way, get the pain of the Waratahs out of the way, and uh, we'll all be behind you again to see if you can go back to back. All the best, buddy. Thank you. There he goes, Dom Shipley from the Reds. All right, that's time, sadly, for us to uh, say goodbye. Timmy, I think you've got something special to mention. Well, we're, do- we're done and dusted. I was just yeah. going to ask Dom Shipley whether uh, he fancies Andy Murray or Roger Federer, because that'll be great. I'm, I'm actually going to go now. I'm, mm. I've, you know, we, we usually plug Bunnings a fair bit, but I've brushed well, them Well, when now. we say we, you do, but you've got no, well, no do, love. Yeah, you've got I've no been... love back, have you? Oh, no, I've got nothing back. <laughs> but, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go straight to Dan Murphy. Has anyone been to Dan Murphy? How good is that place? <laughs> Dan Murphy. So I'm gonna, you know, the reason why I'm going to Dan and Murphy's boys. I don't know. I'm going to pick up. I'm going to pick up my Pims mm-hmm. to watch Wimbledon the final tonight. Oh, Pims and lemonade. Yeah, and then I'm also going to pick up a nice little French rosé oh. to watch the Tour de France afterwards. <laughs> but this afternoon, I'm, not, I'm just not quite sure what I'm going to pick up to watch the V8s in Townsville. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. It won't be Pims and it won't be a rosé, I can tell you right yeah. now. All right, Dan Murphy, thank you so much. Bill White death. <laughs> Timmy, uh, nice to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Berkey. Have a great week. Nice uh, get out and enjoy. Support your football and your local club. Bye.